episode of Product Thinking. I am Kyle, and this week we are talking about the importance of product strategy and how without vision and strategy, everything is tactics. So having a good product vision and strategy is critical to building and shipping good products and staying viable as an organization, but it is incredibly difficult to do. That's probably why most companies and product organizations don't have one and why many product teams and leaders fail when creating one. So let's talk a little bit about a product vision first. A product vision is the reason for your product's existence. Why are you creating it? What problem does it solve? What do you want to be as a product or a company? The product vision ties directly to the company mission and it's inspirational and long-term focused. It's really a North Star for our products and teams, something that we can look to for what we're trying to achieve, which is why it can be so difficult to do. A good vision is the story we tell about our product and even our company. And you have to get buy-in, both from leaders of an organization down to the teams and individuals doing the actual work. So that's the product vision. And that feeds directly into the product strategy. The product strategy is how you're going to achieve the product vision. It's the high-level plan of what you'll focus on and what you won't focus on in order to solve the problem or problems your product addresses and how you'll do it. So a good product strategy helps your team and organization clearly focus on what is important and prioritize accordingly. I love this quote from Steve Jobs. People think focus means saying yes to the thing you've got to focus on, but that's not what it means at all. It means saying no to the hundred other good ideas that there are. You have to pick carefully. I'm actually as proud of the things we haven't done as the things I have done. Innovation is saying no to a thousand things. I completely agree with that. And that really is what the product vision and strategy are. Having a good vision and strategy allows us to pick carefully, as Steve Jobs put it, and say no to the good things that may not align with what we're doing or where we're going. So where does this get difficult? If you haven't failed at creating and generating support for a vision and strategy, are you really a product leader or a product person in general? It is incredibly difficult to do. We talk about it all the time, but it is one of the hardest things to do because it sets the stage for all of the other prioritization and decisions that we're making. Even with the most well thought out vision and strategy, you will often spend an inordinate amount of time trying to get others to understand and buy into the direction. And often you will fail. I know I failed many times, not for a lack of an excellent strategy or amazing ideas, but because every strategy is about focusing on a few key things and saying no to many other good things, just like the quote said. The saying no part is tough for many. We all have plenty of good ideas, and our businesses often have many excellent opportunities. Whether it's new markets, new customers, or the next big deal, we want to say yes to just about everything. That's not uncommon, and frankly, it's pretty normal. As people, as organizations, as companies, as teams, we want to say yes to all of the good things but we can't. Change is also difficult. A product strategy involves change. It may be a new direction for the product or company, or it may simply mean saying no 
where we're accustomed to say yes, just like we were talking about. So the change can be very difficult uh, along with the saying no. But what happens in the absence of strategy? In the absence of a coherent and compelling vision and strategy, everything becomes tactics and execution. The product strategy guides us to what we're doing now and long-term. It aligns everyone around shared goals and purpose and how we're going to get there. Without it, all we're left with is tactical decisions and executing. The problem with only focusing on tactics is that we aren't going in any clear direction. We may get thrashed around by the winds of opportunity wherever the next good idea or good deal comes from. And this is often where the hippos or the highest paid person's opinion comes into play as well, where we'll get lots of different direction just depending on what is the most urgent or most expedient. I've been part of this and I've seen it happen many times. At one company I worked with, we couldn't get a few executives to buy into the product vision and strategy. So the product organization was constantly lurching from one sales request to the next, chasing the new deals as they presented themselves. It made for a tangled mess of products and eventually the failure of the company. At another organization, we went through multiple iterations of our product vision and strategy, but struggled to get others to adopt the direction. And so we're forced to continually focus on short-term tactics and execution. This isn't uncommon. And most organizations struggle with this to one degree or another. It's incredibly difficult. So what can we do? As product people, both leaders and individual contributors, wherever you sit, we have options. It may feel like we're getting nowhere. And I know I've felt like that many times, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't persevere to create a compelling direction for our products. So first off, suggestion, create it and don't shut up about it. Often it just takes creating a strategy and talking about it every chance you get. Eventually, other people will internalize the message. And you know you're seeing success when other people use their words to describe the product vision and strategy that you've been pitching. But you won't get there if you don't create something and talk about it every chance that you get. This goes for leaders and product managers. We have to create the vision and then sell it hard. No one, and I mean literally no one, will get it initially. That's why we have to constantly work at pushing it, getting feedback, and then making it happen. So next up, top-down and bottom-up. To sell the vision and strategy, you have to work both top-down and bottom-up. If you can get a few key leaders or executives to help champion the product strategy, they can help others understand it as well. You'll never reach a consensus or get everyone fully on board, but you do need some key leaders to help. So that's the top-down part. And then the bottom-up part, you also need the teams executing to understand and buy into the direction. This is often easier, at least in my experience, because those of us doing the actual work want a clear direction and strategy and rarely care if the executives and leaders are still debating, uh, especially over the details or minutia of what the product strategy and, and vision are going to be. So get support and feedback from the product development teams and then get working which leads directly into the next tip, which is make progress on it. Sometimes the best thing you can do is just get started. You don't have to get approval to make things happen. Well, maybe you do, but almost always it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. If you've got the product development teams on board, you can get to work. 
Maybe you won't have the budget for big initiatives, but with a clear vision and strategy, you can say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things. And even if this causes debate, these are good debates to have with our organizations so we can clearly prioritize. And that includes debating it as product teams, as well as debating it with other leaders and executives within the company. It helps with the prioritization. It helps get everybody aligned and moving in the same direction. And then use data and feedback. Once you've made progress, use the data, both quantitative and qualitative, to verify and justify your vision and strategy. Or pivot is necessary. The reason you're creating features, the reason we're all creating features, is to drive the strategy forward. And the strategy fulfills the vision for our product and our company. So how have you done? What needs to change and what should continue? Those are questions to ask. Use data and and the user conversations that you're having continually to influence and adjust your approach and also to help others understand the vision and strategy and get continual support. So wrapping it up, creating a product vision and strategy is critical. Without them, you will only focus on short-term decisions that don't have any clear long-term path. It's easy to get caught in tactical execution, especially when you just have to get something done or shipped for a sales deal or a customer contract or whatever it is. But understanding how all of the things we're doing drive our ultimate goal of becoming a specific product or a specific type of company will allow us to prioritize the right things and say no to everything else. So that is the discussion this week on the importance of product strategy. Uh, In the newsletter, also have some other good links. So check these out at productthinking.cc where you can see the full newsletter and all of the links in it. Uh, First one is an article to be energy efficient brains predict their perceptions. I found this super fascinating from Quanta Magazine. A really fascinating read that helps us better understand our brains and how we're being influenced in our perceptions. Uh, quoting from that, consequently, many neuroscientists are pivoting to a view of the brain as a prediction machine. Through predictive processing, the brain uses its prior knowledge of, of the world to make inferences or generate hypotheses about the causes of incoming sensory information. Those hypotheses, and not the sensory input themselves, give rise to perceptions in our mind's eye. The more ambiguous the input, the greater the reliance on prior knowledge. Super fascinating stuff. Check that one out. Uh, Next up, uh, another article. Uh, The 21st century doesn't belong to China, the United States, or Silicon Valley. It belongs to the internet. This comes from Foreign Policy. Uh, I really enjoyed this. I don't think things will play out exactly like this. And I definitely don't want to be a currency trader. (laughs) Read the article for more on that. But directionally, I agree with it. Uh, Quoting from the article, We do not argue that states are irrelevant. Rather, they will be more relevant if they embrace the arrow of history and work with the network and less relevant if they attempt rearguard actions against it. Such is the nature of great protocol politics. I, I've mentioned before, big believer in Web3, in what will be the metaverse. Uh, all of these things are happening now. They're in the works and directionally are going to change uh, everything that we do. And I'm I'm super excited about it. I don't think there's any way to say exactly how it will play out, but you know, we're starting to see it. And I think it's just an exciting, exciting time. 
Finally, a podcast, the top five Christmas movies, a definitive list. So we're we're back with our other podcast things to think on. So check that one out wherever you get podcasts. But we had a lot of fun recording this one and giving you the definitive list of best and worst Christmas movies. We watch so many Christmas movies each year, but always come back to these. So check out the link to that again. Productthinking.cc is the newsletter. If you haven't subscribed, go do that. Uh, follow us wherever you get your podcasts and follow me on social media at Kyle Larry Evans on Twitter and other places. And we'll talk to you again soon. <laughs>